talk about it, talk, talk about it, let's talk. Welcome back to Talk About It. My name's Perea, and every episode I welcome a guest onto the podcast so we can talk openly about our own experiences in order to destigmatize and normalize mental health and therapy. On today's episode, I'm talking to my friend Regina about her experience with eating disorders and her journey through recovery. If you're someone who's currently struggling with an eating disorder or who has in the past, I just want to warn you that the content of today's episode can be quite triggering. And a warning to all the listeners that some parts of the episode can get really graphic, especially when Regina is detailing her experience with bulimia. But all that being said, I think it's a really important topic to discuss, especially when it's coming from the firsthand perspective of someone who's actually experienced an eating disorder. Now, before we get to the episode, I just want to do a little bit of self-promo because I skipped it the past couple times. If you're a fan of this podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could recommend it to just one new person. Just one person who you think would either really like it or who could benefit from it. And as always, the best way to support a free podcast is to like, follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Before I started my own podcast, I had no idea how much of an impact it made to leave a rating or a review, but apparently it's a thing. So if you could do that, I would be incredibly grateful and love you forever. And if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram at talkaboutit.pod and on Twitter at talkaboutit underscore pod. Now that that's all taken care of, let's get to the episode. Today, my guest is my friend Regina. Hi. And you and I met, I don't, when was it? Like a few years ago at a pajama party. That's right. right. Yeah. That <laughs> night I ended up puking my guts out. Oh, good. Yeah, it was rough. But then uh, it gave birth to this lovely, prosperous friendship. So here we are. Yeah. We've traveled together a couple times. Unfortunately, haven't seen much of each other during COVID, but we hung out after I had posted the first episode of this podcast. And you actually shared with me that you would like to be on as a guest. And then you said, <laughs> it was really funny because you were like, I have an idea of what I want to talk about and I hope no one took it. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Like you're calling dibs. You're like, huh, no one else can do this. I call dibs right now. Please tell me no one else has it. And like I told you then to, um, I know part of the reason that you thought of it is because the first episode was about body image and body dysmorphia and diet culture and stuff. Though I would say I've never had an eating disorder. I have obviously had issues with my body. So I guess that's kind of what prompted it for you. And I will say, even though no one else has taken the topic of eating disorder, so you are the first one, (laughs) I will say that still every person's like experience is different, right? So even if they had like that's not to like invalidate yours. We could still talk about different people's experiences dealing with a similar issue. Everyone goes through it differently, has it at a different time in their lives if they go through it, you know, all that stuff. So basically, if anybody else wants to talk about their eating disorder, they're more than welcome to. Just go through Regina first. Exactly. (laughs) Make sure I met you. Um, anyhow, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I get to be kind of the first one to share my experience and I hope it kind of helps other people maybe if not come on this podcast and talk about it, then maybe just be a little bit more outspoken and honest with themselves. Yeah. Either with themselves or if they can tell someone, cause I always have, that's the first step is just recognizing it 
yourself, right? Like first accepting that that might be something you're going through is like the hardest part. And then from there, if you can find someone, because I don't think the first step for a lot of people is therapy. I know that that's a really, really big step. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not ready for that, like I say every single time, if you find, if there's someone in your life that you feel like you can confide in, it's really huge because you and I have known each other for a few years now and you had never mentioned that to me before. So when you said it for the first time a couple weeks ago, like it's the first time we really talked about it and it made me really happy happy to know that obviously not happy that no you had a <laughs> disorder but happy to know that you felt like you could trust me yeah and it is interesting because I'm finding like though we are really close I'm wondering if it weren't for the podcast if you would have ever felt like you could tell me you know because sometimes it's like you need an external like not a sign but like something that shows like maybe I can tell this person or maybe it's time for me to accept whatever it is so I'm really like honored that you felt like you can tell <laughs> could tell me and then not only that but then also want to come and like tell your story publicly like that's really huge and brave yeah uh, I think it's been around long enough to be fair that um, like it's kind of just been part of my daily life for a very mm. very long time and the first few years it's I mean actually majority of my life I've always tried to hide it and then I think in the last couple of years I kind of started to realize that if I don't bring it to light then I'm never going to get out of it Um, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day you do feel like a bit of a slave to the whole thing because it's every single day imagine waking up and kind of thinking hey today I can only have this or I can't eat until this time or I ate so much yesterday so I can't do this and whatever so it just really kind of alters your plans and alters your day quite a bit yeah it's sad that it's like everything else that you do revolves around that like instead of it just being a part of your day it's like everything else is a part you know like it's like work school seeing friends whatever else is secondary to what you're eating or whether or not you're eating which is really really sad um do you want to get into like how it started for you or when it started for you like what age or yeah so I'll kind of dive deep into my life story here. Uh, get ready. Um, so about 15 years ago, my family and I decided to move to Canada. And, you know, we settled into Burnaby. And I remember just feeling instantly accepted into the community. And it was a relief considering I knew no word of English. I didn't even know what the word hi meant. I was like, I was always very How old were you? Uh, it would have been 10. So Little baby Regina. Yeah. <laughs> Still a baby because she had not developed due to malnutrition. However... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it was I was always very proper I would always say hello um yeah and you know I gained a lot of kind of new friends and had a bunch of cool hobbies and it was cool kind of being in a different country and then about two years later my parents uh, acquired a business in Fort Langley out of all places and uh, we moved to Walnut Grove to be closer to the business and I guess that's where everything kind of took a turn so I would have been around 12 mm-hmm. um so of course kind of coming from a different background and being surrounded by a lot of multicultural influence within Burnaby, it was quite the contrast compared to Langley. You know, everyone's interests seemed a little bit different from mine, and especially with the slight language barrier and the awkward period of getting into your teen years. Yeah, being 12 is like, you know... It's a tween. Right around. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the worst time. <laughs> it's honestly, looking back at some of the photos, like we used to edit them in like picnic app or whatever, and I would put like blue eyes... Like, make myself uh, more blonde. Well, I guess I'm blonde now, but back then I wasn't. So 
I really experimented a lot with my uh, appearance. <laughs> um, but anyhow, it was it was just really hard to integrate. So, you know, thanks, parents, for moving me away from all my friends and all my hobbies uh, to uh, twice the twice rest of my life. Years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, so I guess, you know, instead of hanging out with friends after school and being active, um, I just would stick to myself and help out my parents with the restaurant and, you know, do the dishes, bring food out, clean off tables, kind of basically being a, um, a waiter at 12 years old. So I guess at the time, my only um, daily joy was getting paid in like diner food, which mostly consisted mm. of, you know, burgers, ice cream, nachos, brownies, the finer things in life. <laughs> and my parents did not want to put me on a payroll, clearly. Um, so I guess, you know, I wouldn't say I was ever overweight or anything, but I just did find myself um, hitting that point of just like baby chubs. And it's interesting too, because like even if you take the diner food out of it and like not exercising as much because you moved away from your previous uh, neighborhood, it's also just the age. Like just being 12, it is very common and normal to just have, you know, baby fat and because you're still a child mm -hmm. but when Definitely. you can't help but compare yourself to other people like I also felt that when I was 12 I was always like bigger and I, I never was like overweight overweight but I definitely felt like I was definitely bigger than all the other girls my age like they were all very very little mm -hmm. and they like fit in they could all share each other's clothes and they all did yeah and I could never do that with any of them partly because I developed really early but also I just was like a generally bigger person and that definitely did like affect my view too from like an early age because you just think oh that's what I'm supposed to look like and mm -hmm. I remember like boys having crushes on those girls mm -hmm. so like that's what I wanted to look like you know so it's it's just like it's a it's a rough time too when you're that age oh totally and then you know I wonder now with high schools and everything how that's handled because you know this whole body positivity movement that came mm -hmm. in just about a few years ago um and I wonder if that's affected kind of the generation now that's in high school and if it's done some good I hope it has. I mean I'm hoping so but then it's also like backwards because I know right now with things like Instagram and stuff and now all the like focus on like thick double c thick mm -hmm. bodies um and so many uh not to knock surgery or cosmetic surgery if that's what you want to do that is totally fine but there are so many surgically enhanced bodies on instagram and then there's a lot of like face tuning and photoshop oh, yeah. and uh people are posing so that's not necessarily what they look like at rest and i think especially because stuff like instagram and stuff is so popular with not only teenagers but i'm seeing like 11 and 12 year olds on there I am wondering if now that's a different kind of harm for that age because for a lot of girls at that age, you're not developing it. You're not going to be like curvy. And like I had the opposite problem where like I had developed a little too early. So I was like sexualized really early in my life when I wasn't ready for it. But then now it's like kind of the opposite where I'm seeing like I'm not sexualized enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like what I'm seeing is like all these like young girls looking a lot older than they actually are because they're trying to look that way. And I'm seeing pictures on Instagram of very clearly facetuned like bodies like yeah. you know when you can see the curves mm -hmm. and like the floorboards behind oh, them or, like the wall, <laughs> and you can tell or like their arms are like warped because they're like they're trying to like 
curve their waist in and make their yeah. butts look bigger and their thighs look bigger. And then like people fall for it because I'll see the comments. I'm like, oh, well, you look so hot. And I'm like, this is Dead ass so big. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes me feel so bad for those kids. There are still kids who think they have to look that way. And it's like, it's always being pressured. It's like either being pressured to look skinnier or to look curvier or to look more this or to look more that. And it's like, it's never what you are is enough yeah. in society, it seems like. It's like, it's always one thing or another. Yeah. At the end of the day, I do find, I mean, based on at least kind of the recent influence for me, mm-hmm. I find it's quite helpful. But I also do hope like, you know, when kids are, I don't know, within high school, like I remember being in high school and just thinking that, you know what, like my way or the highway, like I'm mm-hmm. definitely right. I know what's best for my body. I know what's going mm-hmm. on. Like I'm in tune. And then meanwhile, you know, I'm 25 and I still have no tits. So uh, there's my problem. <laughs> but but that's the other thing too, is like what you were saying with the whole body positivity movement. I do think like I'm grateful for it. And maybe it's because you and I are like 25 and 28 and our brains are a little bit more developed so we can actually like appreciate those posts and like the body positivity movement and we can be a little bit more like accepting to you know like take that in versus having that teenage mind of like you can't tell me nothing you know (laughs) but but at the same time like I don't remember being a teenager and seeing that kind of stuff like there even now even though there is that damage of what I just said about I think young girls now are being pressured into being more like curvy or thick when they mm-hmm. aren't yet and it's like if you are that's great and if you're not that's great you shouldn't have to be feel pressured to either be like photoshopping your body or whatever to look a certain way but I do think that they at least do have the benefit that that is more commonplace now for I don't know influencers or celebrities to be talking more about how every body type, every shape and size is beautiful and Mm -hmm. you don't have to. So like, even though that other version is prevalent, it's also prevalent. Like I'm seeing a lot of people that I follow on Instagram and stuff doing that like before and after and like showing you what a face tuned picture looks like so you can recognize it and then showing the like, you know, like the whole like Instagram versus reality thing. So at least there also is that. And I'm hoping um, that teenagers and stuff also teenagers and, you know, girls and women and men of all ages see that and notice it so because that's something I don't think when I was that age there was any of that well also yeah when you're younger you're so influential and even Mm -hmm. like you and your friend had a conversation about how you know she was having chips or something for Mm -hmm. lunch one day and then one of the ladies just came up to her and said are you really gonna have these chips and whatever Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what happened to me in a way as well you're so impressionable yeah one person says one thing to you and you're like oh my god totally yeah you really take it to heart that's what kind of made me pay attention to it because I remember one day in grade seven because I was kind of trying to think of like where did this all kind of stem from and then the one memory that popped up was um this was the last class before the weekend and you know we're just kind of in a group sitting around having some stupid conversation about like Victoria's Secret Angels and like how hot they are and whatever um and then my grade seven crush comes around and like I was just like oh my god a popular boy is gonna have like a conversation with us whatever (laughs) and then yeah he kind of hangs around for a bit and then he looks everybody up and down and then kind of turns to me, looks me up and down and commented on, he basically commented on the fact that like my chest is so much flatter than wow. my protruding belly. Wow. So, I know kids used to be so effing cruel. Used to be. I bet you they still are. Yeah, like probably. what gave that boy the right? I want to find him. <laughs> like, That's right. Like, what the fuck Liam Neeson. <laughs> what the fuck did you say? Yes, seriously. There's going to be a new version of Taken and it's about me and you. What did you say about my friend's tits? <laughs> and her protruding belly man exactly fuck <laughs> so, off uh, there's uh, like nothing worse than 12 year old boy 
<laughs> oh my god I, tell me about it, it okay mm. I, I could go on forever when but. i was editing that first episode there were a few anecdotes here and there that i took out mm-hmm. some of them for sake of time and some because i was like i don't know if i want to like share that that's really embarrassing <laughs> that's like just like just over the line where i'm like i don't know if i'm ready Not and yet. now i feel like i will because it's kind of relevant but in the opposite of what you said yeah. which also had to do with my crush when i was in elementary school and i was like also 11 or 12 you know track and field when there was like that part of p when everyone did oh track no and your field. tits were bouncing like crazy weren't they <laughs> yep <laughs> spoiler alert i remember i hated that because when we did track and field it was like all the grades did it at the mm-hmm. same time but we were divided up i think like girls and boys or whatever and then my class my like group of girls in my age were doing high jump and i already am not a very athletic person <laughs> so i'm already just like self-conscious when it comes to that stuff but then it didn't help with the fact that i um yeah again developed boobs really early so when I would run they would bounce up and down and I was really 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 self-conscious about that when I was younger and I remember right when it was my turn to do the like run and jump for the high jump right then the boys in our grade came because it was like near the end of the gym hour Mm -hmm. and my crush was in the group and I was like are you fucking kidding me I not only have to run in front of all these girls and now all these boys but my crush is there and then I'm like oh like don't want to do this but I have to and I run and as I'm running I have to pass by them and I literally hear him snicker and whisper to the other boys that he can see my my tits going up and down and it took me completely (laughs) stop so gross <laughs> and I remember, like, already I wasn't good at stuff like high jump, but that took me right out and I completely, like, flopped because I was, like, so embarrassed. Yeah. And, like, I still think about that. So it's funny because it's like we had opposite things being said to us, but still at that same age and it, mm-hmm. like, really affects you. And I'm still kind of, like, very self conscious of, like, the jiggling and the bouncing. And, oh, like, honey. Stuff like that. Honey, let it jiggle. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's actually it's interesting, isn't it? How it's kind of different. It's the same problem in a way. It's just taken not problem, mm-hmm. sorry. I guess the same kind of like internal issue, but just looked mm-hmm. from different perspectives. But that just yeah. goes to show, like we're only what ten percent away from one another. Yeah. So we're all experiencing the same issues, and it's that's why I love this podcast so much. Like you and I were talking about this. Like mm-hmm. instead of me paying for a therapist, I may as well just. <laughs> Come on here, you know, kind of spew out my thoughts uh, and then kind of listen to other people and what, what they have to, um, like their experiences and what they've gone through. And I'm through sure people can relate with your experience. Like it's sad how common oh, yeah. uh, eating disorders and body issues are. It's really, really sad, but it's also it's nice that at least because it's common, then I know there's going to be someone out there who can relate to your experience, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and that's all I keep thinking from this is if nothing else, if people listen to this and go like, that's relatable. I see myself in that story or that really like sticks out to me. I kind of think I'm also going through that or this or whatever. I'm going to maybe talk to my friend or my sister or my mom, or maybe Even I will admit book it to something yourself, with a therapist. Honestly. Yeah, honestly, admitting to yourself is huge huge Mm -hmm. like that's a really 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 big step and like maybe you don't even know it until you see it like that's happened to me when like I even said on the first episode I didn't realize that I had body dysmorphia until my boyfriend at the time was talking about it and I was like Jesus Christ that sounds familiar um but then yeah sometimes you hear about other people talking about something and you're like oh my god 
Like, yeah. That's what that thing is. It's almost, it's a bit terrifying too, because I just remember not Googling a lot of kind of eating disorders because I was almost scared to admit that to myself, one, and mm-hmm. two, kind of the health complications that come along with it later. Yeah. But honestly, it's crazy when you Google certain things, you're like, wow, this definition describes exactly what I'm going through. And, you know, it's it's looked at as a problem, obviously, but you don't see it until you actually see it I suppose yeah it's tough and then you're like okay now I'm accepting and realizing that this exists now Mm -hmm. what right yeah because you can either try to move past it figure out a solution or you can be in denial which usually is like the first step right yeah Uh, even when you do see it you're like yeah but that's not me or I'm not that bad or Mm -hmm. but this is different you know so like what yeah what happened for you next after that idiot asshole piece of shit 12 year old (laughs) said that about (laughs) <laughs> that we will find. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I just, I went home kind of feeling obviously a bit down about myself because I'd never looked at myself that way. I was just a kid kind of enjoying ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, should. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I looked in, in the mirror and I kind of started dissecting kind of my jiggly arms, um, my flat chest, my protruding belly, my thick thighs, and then it almost, I, I guess it felt like I was admitting something to myself which I'm kind of like, what What am I admitting to myself? But I guess it's just kind of facing like, oh, you maybe have let yourself go. But at the same time, I'm 12 years You're old. You're 12. Yeah. <laughs> what, what have let I yourself. let go? <laughs> so anyhow, I, uh. I just decided to kind of make a deal internally with myself and just said, you know, try out this thing where you could just eat sandwiches and salads and like maybe cut out desserts and just kind of have like a daily like normal daily routine of food instead of just stuffing your face and whatever you see Mm -hmm. and you know in the further weeks I started to actually bike out from Walnut Grove to Fort Langley so kind of incorporating like just honestly being healthy and Mm -hmm. um you know because like that so far it doesn't sound so bad like no there's yeah. nothing wrong with going okay maybe a little bit less dessert maybe replace the daily burgers just with healthy like habits healthy. really yeah I, I do think it's bad when you're not letting yourself enjoy anything and I think yeah. especially when you're a child you should be able to enjoy mm-hmm. ice cream but yeah of course like if you're doing it every day it doesn't hurt to be like let me just you know change it up and maybe yeah. bike to and from school or whatever like there's nothing wrong with that but of mm-hmm. course it's like it's the slippery slope of and now this and now this and yeah now Well, and that's the thing, especially because kind of going into that summer after grade seven, everything was fine. You know, I felt absolutely good. I would go to day camps. I would meet a bunch more people Mm -hmm. and everything was kind of smooth sailing. And then the biggest thing that happened, I guess, is kind of the grade eight, that first kind of like entrance into high school and whatever and Mm -hmm. kind of seeing a lot more new faces um, more pretty girls new kind of fashion trends and you know a lot of new boys from all over district 35 that's the Langley high school district (laughs) in case you're wondering (laughs) and I swear to god I don't know what it is about Langley but they must have something different in their waters because everybody's (laughs) just absolutely stunning and I'm like wow okay and here I am cutting down to sandwiches from burgers meanwhile uh, these girls are super skinny because they're 12 (laughs) yeah i know exactly 12 13 yeah now i feel like i sound like a perv like looking back at this but (laughs) no no it's you're saying it from the point of view of when you (laughs) i guess um yeah just kind of getting like a little bit anxious and coming into a new school that kind of got all my memories flooding back a little bit Mm. and then things i don't know it just kind of comparing yourself to everybody constantly, right? That's the thing. And you 
almost, it almost took me back to when that guy kind of made that stupid comment. And then, I don't know, I just, it kind of sunk in a little bit deeper around that point. And then I just remember having like a weird thought of like, oh, well, if, you know, these girls can be skinny and pretty, then why can't I be the same way? Because the thing is, I wasn't, it's not like I was, you know, I was definitely a little bit lighter by that point, Mm -hmm. but also like you said, what else can I do? What's the next step? Yeah. What? Because you've mentioned to me like you're a really competitive person, right? Which also yeah. means you're competitive with yourself. But you're like, okay, what's my next challenge? Like I, I, I succeeded in replacing burgers with sandwiches. Now what? Yeah, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, and then it kind of became a bit like a slow slow start so I would kind of start to weigh myself every morning and then you know I would start to weigh myself a bunch of times throughout the day and then you know I would I wouldn't even have water before kind of coming back home so that it wouldn't skew like my numbers when yeah, I would get home that water weight, yeah, yeah exactly so you know I kind of completely dropped breakfast obviously completely dropped bringing lunch you know even my parents would force me to bring something I would just pass it off to my friends and say like, you know I'm, I'm just not feeling that hungry right now and it's like easier to hide from your parents when you're at school or even even not hide like it's like they can't control it totally. because they're not with you when you're in school right they have no way of knowing what you're doing so you could be like no don't worry I will eat this lunch well, but yeah they, and they don't know I mean, bless my parents soul but they can be so naive with me sometimes I'm just like <laughs> gosh I can't believe you believe some of the bullshit that I spew out but so you you wouldn't eat breakfast you'd give your lunch away at school and then you'd come home not even drink water and then weigh yourself exactly yes I would come home kind of do that religiously every single day and you know would have some dinner so that was still okay Mm -hmm. and then you know the weight actually I realized that the weight actually came off quite quickly so kind of going from 145 pounds to 110 roughly it wasn't too bad well it's also because at the beginning it's always goes off it's the easiest yeah so I think that last little bit because I was always like I need to get myself down to like instead of triple digits just double digits like just go down to Mm. the 90s as hard as I can so and you're also you're like me you're quite short right like we're Mm -hmm. but that's still not healthy no that's (laughs) you know even for your height (laughs) no totally you gotta nourish yourself no matter what height you are I'd say Mm -hmm. and especially at the age of like you're like a like growing bodies especially at the age of like you know being a teenager like you really have to give it extra nourishment yeah and you know I kind of feel like maybe I took that for granted because I should have just eaten so much more and like enjoyed it and now Mm -hmm. like now I have to restrict myself if anything and it's like what the hell like why didn't I just not restrict myself later in life um but anyhow so kind of started doing that and then I don't know, for some reason, it just, it never seemed like it was enough. Whenever I would look at myself in the mirror, you know, already so skinny and whatever with bones protruding instead of my belly now, I would just constantly zoom in onto every little kind of aspect of myself, almost like a tunnel vision. So it was never like looking at myself in the mirror and being like, hey girl, like, damn, you look great. You're always like, oh, okay, but then there's like this flap of skin. Like, how do I get rid of that? I can totally relate to that. Like the whole like looking at myself through a magnifying glass thing mm. that I said is like it's just oh but that roll there and this thing here and this sticks out here and if I could only tighten up this part and I could totally. only fix this part and like yeah not just seeing yourself as like a whole person but just you just zooming into your like thighs or yeah. your belly and you know there would be times where I would just dip out of like any plans like lake plans or pool plans because my body's on blast there and like I know what my like I 
you know, certain parts of me jiggle and I don't like that. So I can't, I can't do that. So I guess after every single time I kind of look at myself, I'd almost come up with another game plan of how can I get rid of this? How, like, how much smaller can I get so that I don't jiggle anymore and whatever. So that's kind of where this whole obsession is being fed. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I never... I was never able to keep up the energy to do any activities after school. And to be honest, I didn't really care because I had developed this new obsession that gave me all the validation I needed. And it was just, it was just kind of easy. It was, it was kind of surprising how easy it was. Um, nowadays, I definitely, I get so hangry. I'm like, no, give yeah, me all the foods. <laughs> <laughs> Literally me. But that's interesting that you said you essentially replaced your hobbies and like extracurricular activities and like sports with just like your newfound identity essentially yeah and like your new thing was just what can I cut out today you know and it was like that took up all your time and attention instead of I don't know what your hobbies were at the time but I mean not "Mm." eating (laughs) yeah exactly that's so sad like like not doing a thing was your hobby yeah and you know even now I'm kind of sometimes having a tough time with figuring out because a lot of people you know have bachelor's degrees and whatever and I'm still kind of trying to figure out I'm just kind of trying to figure out where I see myself and what I see myself doing because a lot of that time that I could have used to kind of uh, figure out what I want to do where I want to be how I want to end up in life it was just kind of replaced by me being um, or trying to look as good and as fit as I possibly can so I think it's kind of annoying because it did take a good chunk, like 10 years of my life to, instead of exploring myself, I was just exploring kind of my boundaries, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Your physical, yeah, like the limits that you would go to. Exactly. To look a certain way. And then like the thing with it too is it's never good enough. No. So that's the whole thing is like you tell yourself, I'll do this until I look like this. But the problem with like an eating disorder and like anorexia and stuff is like you never actually achieve it because it's always still not good enough. It's and, unachievable. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you still always in your mind think that, you're still not skinny enough. So like you never actually get there, right? It's this like bottomless pit. Exactly. And, you know, I've had some kind of acquaintances, I guess, who I'd known. And one of the girls, she ended up in the hospital and the family would honestly, they just begged her, please, like, please just nourish yourself. Like, please just, because she was very, very thin. And I think you had a similar story as well that you'd kind of told me about that you knew somebody and whatnot. But it's just, that's the thing that I found looking back at it probably hurt the most, not even so much about me and like on any of the health consequences or any of the titless um, chests <laughs> that I got. Uh, it's more about the impact that it makes on your family because, you know, yeah. I'd have multiple arguments every single day about this whole thing. And my sister would constantly break down and we'd have many fights because of that. And, you know, it's all the stress and that toll that it takes on everybody else around you. Because they're seeing you suffering and they want so badly to help you and you're not listening. Because again, it's a combination of those things. It's one, that age where you, like you said, it's my way or the highway. You can't Mm -hmm. tell me how to live my life or whatever because you don't know what I'm going through. But it's also you genuinely don't see what they see yeah so you're like you don't know what you're talking about it's actually very true and even you know I mean I'm sure everybody gets this too because everybody probably does have that like sense of a bit of body dysmorphia when you look at yourself in the mirror and you're alone in the room obviously you're going to put every single body part on blast but Mm -hmm. then I do find whenever you know I'm out 
on the mall or whatever and I'll like kind of see other people in the mirror behind me and I'm like oh my gosh I'm actually a child like (laughs) I am 12 (laughs) um but anyhow so you know after a couple of years I kind of realized that not eating food is not quite sustainable for a long time so then I kind of heard some people puke it up and you know there's always kind of like the stigma in the media about it and like how terrible it is and I was honestly so afraid to mm. kind of get up the courage to do that the first time but then you know I, I was, <laughs> was going to make a joke about the fact that mama didn't raise a bitch <laughs> so, <laughs> so one day I just kind of remember after dinner um, you know kneeling over the toilet and using the back of the toothbrush because it was a lot longer than my fingers mm. and um, I just kind of dug right in there and you know it was it was one of those things obviously it's painful and you look like absolute shit you look like you just cried and like all your capillaries and everything around your eyes like Like it's pop and everything yeah it's disgusting what it does to your body to be absolutely honest Mm -hmm. um but I just I remember like it was it felt so wonderful afterwards because I just thought hey I can actually eat and look like and appear like I'm eating a lot and you know enjoy my time with my family um but, then, but it's you're not because you're forgetting the part where the body needs the nutrients, right? So you're like, oh, I got to taste the food exactly. at least. And I got to sit there and like still do the whole thing where I have the dinner, which is really nice. Yeah. But you're forgetting about the part where your body needs to actually like absorb and like retain the nutrients. And, you know, well, but and you're, then, you're thinking like, I hacked the system. I figured yeah, it out. I was literally <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to retain any calories. Like sign mm. me up. Mm. So then, yeah, that point um I think I was in grade 10 or so and we'd actually moved back to Burnaby um and my old habits they unfortunately they haven't really died and I would actually say if anything they amplified a little bit because I still wasn't bringing food to school but Mm -hmm. I mean at least now I was eating a little bit more at dinner but then you know because I had eaten so much more it was almost like a punishment like you can't control yourself you have to you know go puke it up you have to go puke until you can't anymore and it was you know at first it started from just being like one a month to twice and then three times and then you know every single week a couple times a week three four five like mm-hmm. it and I, I think I was telling you this story too um I think I irritated my wall so much that um I started actually puking and like there would be some blood that would come out but then I would still continue to tell myself you know what that's not actually that much blood like that's fine you could still keep going so oh, wow. I would just You got to a point where you were like, yeah, there's blood, but like, it's not that It's okay. There's just, you know, just a little splash. And I think that's also another thing because kind of, I was still being so young still, I was kind of conscious of, you know, maybe puking up blood isn't so good. So Mm -hmm. I remember that kind of gave me, I, I had a bit of like a conversation with myself and I started to realize that I am kind of becoming a slave to this, I guess, cycle and this just validation process when you know, um, in a weird way, I was kind of reading up about eating disorders as well in the last little bit. Mm -hmm. And it is, first off, it's kind of your identity one. And two, it's kind of like a good coping mechanism as well. Mm -hmm. So I do find it's almost like when you can't control anything else in your life, not that I had any crazy, you know, problems or anything or issues going on. But it's just, it's one of those things that was my first grasp of having control of something. Because that's the thing too, is it's easy to become obsessed with 
it because that's exactly it like it's something you're like yeah but it's all about me like no one else can they can tell me as much as they want to eat this or to eat more or to not puke but at the end of the day it's my body and they can't stop me and they can't make me do anything I have complete control so it's like kind of that I don't want to call it this but like in that moment because of what you're going through it's like almost thrilling to be like this is me Mm -hmm. this is something that I just have with myself exactly that no one can have a say in um totally and yeah and it's and it's easy to then like distract yourself from whatever else is going on whether it's like I don't know uh studies or exams or issues Mm -hmm. like if you're having an argument with like a friend or a family member or like whatever else because you can just like focus all your attention on the eating disorder yeah exactly and and that's the thing I kind of like I was saying too I realized it almost became part of my identity and Mm -hmm. you know people I would be so kind of scared when people would try and out me out I'd be like what like no I I eat like what but then they'd be like okay like well like let's like have a dinner together I'm like well why don't we just like go for a hike or like go for a walk or whatever and then even kind of going out for food with friends I would always just sit there and like have a water and is this in high school or even like this I would say I mean, to be fair, it, it, to be absolutely honest, I don't think it's fully died down. It's taken like a different form. Like you and I mm-hmm. were talking about this too, but it all started, I would say, basically from grade seven. And then this would, this whole thing kind of progressed through until I was 25 until today, really. Um, mm-hmm. But you and I were chatting and we were kind of saying how it does morph into a different thing. So from kind of being fully anorexic, I kind of had a bit of a anorexia slash bulimia. And then from there, I kind of, you know, nowadays, like I said, I get so angry that I do need to eat. But my kind of addiction became being more so like with the gym. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, if anybody knows me, they know my fucking obsession with the gym. <laughs> like When we went to Palm Springs together a few years ago, our friend shout out to scotch um he was staying at this really really nice hotel in palm springs and none of us could afford it so we were like two motels over (laughs) but the good thing is we got to still like take advantage of all the amenities that he had for some reason because they didn't care they weren't like show us your past they were like yeah come use the hotel pool yeah Yeah, sure have these like bikes to bike around i mean the amount of money we spent at the bar come on oh no yeah we totally gave we we spent so much at the bar and like getting food and stuff so it's fine but it was nice that he got to stay there and we got to still like take advantage all this to say is the hotel had a gym Mm -hmm. and i remember that um Like, I also really love to work out, but, like, usually if I'm on vacation, especially if it's, like, a short one, I'm, like, okay, I'm not going to, like, really worry about going on it. There's other things to see and other things to do. Yeah, I'm, like, the whole point is this vacation right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember you and Scotch both going to the gym for a little bit, and then he joined us at the pool after, and we're, like, oh, hey, but uh, where's Regina? And he was, like, oh, she's still going to town on that elliptical. (laughs) Like, you should see her. (laughs) He was, like, she's, like, sweating bullets. Like, he's, like, yeah, I did a little bit, but, like, I'm here now because, like, and you you didn't come back. You didn't join us for like another hour and a half or something. Yeah. And even when you did, you were like, what do you say, folks? Let's go for a bike ride. Like, who wants yeah. to go biking? And we were like, you were yeah. just on the elliptical <laughs> for two hours. I mean, in a sense, it's it, it's good and it's bad because, you know, I still have this um, – kind of in my head where you drank so much you ate so much the night before you can't Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to go and enjoy yourself now it doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter who you're with you have to 
kind of work for those calories or work for yeah. all the shit that you put on your body. Now you have to get rid of it, which in a way, um, to in moderation, I could see that being a good thing. But when it's your whole life is constantly revolved around it, you mm-hmm. are a slave to it. Like I said, you are a slave to that cycle. And, you know, even over the weekends, it would be pretty tough, like... People, you, you would know, go drinking you, and then the next day you'd have to like work it off or exactly whatever. yeah and I and the thing is working out after like if you don't have proper nourishment it's kind of it's doing more damage than it is good because yeah. your muscles are hurting a lot more like you've got that lactic acid build and up. you're dehydrated from the drinking and the lack totally. of sleep and whatever other toxins and then you're yeah. also then trying to work that body that isn't like that had no rest mm-hmm. so you're not actually doing it any good um, and also, I just want to make it clear, because I also talked about it on the first episode, I don't want anyone to think I'm anti-exercise. Because <laughs> again, if you know me, you actually know that I do really love uh, working out. I'm just trying to change the negative relationship mm-hmm. that a lot of us in society have with exercise. Just have a good relationship with it. Not yeah, and I also yourself. think it's like, don't take your body for granted. Like, it does so much for you, so you should take care of it and make sure that it's like, you know, it stays strong and take care of it, whether it's like eating well. I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay attention to what you eat and like go and like binge an ice cream and like mm-hmm. deep fried food all the time. Like, that's not what I'm trying to promote. I'm just saying that if you're with people and they're having ice cream it's fine to also have ice cream like you don't have to be like oh but I had one last week so I can't have one now like Mm -hmm. because I just will say one thing is I didn't know you had an eating disorder I wasn't sure but that day in Palm Springs with that happening I think was my first time having like a moment of thinking I think maybe Regina Mm -hmm. has a bit of like an exercise obsession like it might be but I didn't want to like assume I didn't want to judge I also didn't want to bring it up if it wasn't true Mm -hmm. so I'm like no no no, it probably isn't and then of course like I kind of saw it here and there a little bit more Mm -hmm. so I started was like oh it might be true but like I don't I don't know what her situation is you know so yeah um I mean it it took me a long time time to come to terms with it because like you said it's admitting to yourself and saying Mm -hmm. oh it's not that bad it's not this it's not that but at the end of the day if you are puking up blood then that's probably um it's probably that bad (laughs) yeah because I think as a society of course if you have an eating disorder it's harder to recognize it but as a society Mm -hmm. at this point we know that anorexia and bulimia are unhealthy like it's not healthy to not eat and it's not healthy to eat and then puke it up like that is kind of like objectively everyone kind of can agree right well but the harder one Sorry, go ahead. Well, that's just the thing I was going to say, the kind of health um, issues that you do have, like they do pop up later on. And I don't know, Mm -hmm. uh, this is a bit of TMI, but I've like, I have really wonky period cycles. Mm -hmm. And this whole time I thought it was something hormonal. So I would just get my blood test checked all the time. And then I, I mean, I'm not too sure still yet till this day, but I'm, I'm just kind of getting in the process of getting that checked out. But I did read an article that kind of said, like, if you are bulimic or have been bulimic in the past, that does, it puts so much stress on your body, right? To Mm -hmm. expel all this food. And on top of that, with all the kind of stomach acid and all the damage that it does to your internal organs, it does, first off, skew your hormones too. Mm -hmm. But second, it just because of the pressure of that on your body, it can skew off your menstrual cycle as well. Yeah, I've read that too, because it's like, it's already, you're putting your body body through so much already and then it also then doesn't have the energy that it needs to be able uh to produce a period to you know like so it's working overtime just to like exist almost Mm -hmm. so it kind of can't do those extra things I know that's uh unfortunately a side effect of being very underweight or very overweight is Mm -hmm. it can affect your period 
Um, so that's really sad. And like, again, like my whole thing was, um, I think if you asked people, they'd be like, well, obviously it's not good to not eat because your body needs Mm -hmm. nourishment and it's not good to eat and then throw it up because Mm -hmm. you're still not giving your body that nourishment. But you can't necessarily explain that to someone who has an eating disorder for the reasons that we already said. But one that I find is a little bit harder for the average person to recognize that is an issue is when that eating disorder overlaps with the exercise obsession. Mm -hmm. Because exercise is generally seen as a good thing. And it it is, like I just said, like it is definitely good to exercise. (laughs) love exercising, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Not anti-exercise here. (laughs) But it is harder to spot that as an issue Mm -hmm. because when people just post that they're like going for a bike ride or they're at the gym most people when they see that like whether you're posting on your social media or you're just like telling your friend that you're like oh I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to see you or whatever Mm -hmm. most people are like oh good for you you know Mm -hmm. like oh you're looking great like look at you and like Mm -hmm. they'll like admire your discipline and admire your um, time management that you can fit like wow you can fit in Mm -hmm. a workout every day like I have trouble fitting it in once or two times a week or whatever like good for you and like they'll like admire you because like wow you even wake up early to do it or you even Mm -hmm. you know so usually it's seen as a good thing and then all that positive reinforcement pushes you to do it even more because you're like look everyone likes this version maybe they judged me or they told me not to when I wasn't eating or when I was doing this Mm -hmm. or whatever but now that I'm exercising everyone's on board and they're like wow I wish I could be like you like I wish I could exercise yeah and it's just it's a different um, kind of reinforcement I guess Mm -hmm. uh, because like you said it seems more positive but at the end of the day it it can be don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong because some people just generally are a little bit more energetic but in my case I find I'll go to the gym and I'm to be honest I'm absolutely exhausted sometimes yeah and I just can't think about doing anything and I think that's also where that whole chunk of time of kind of instead of instead of figuring myself out and figuring out what I want to do with life I would just be too tired and I just kind of pass out or have because that is the thing like it's sometimes like again (laughs) this is gonna be the last time I say it it it's clear (laughs) it is good to exercise How good? How good is it to exercise, Priya? Tattoo it across my face. I am pro exercise. Woo! (laughs) Um, But I don't remember what I was gonna say. (laughs) Oh, I was gonna say when your body is drained from either not eating enough or partying too much or all the different Mm -hmm. ways that you could not be taking care of it because of an eating disorder or any other thing that's going on, it is honestly more beneficial for your body to rest than it is for you to then hit the gym. Like if you had a night of crazy partying and drinking and didn't didn't get home until 3 or 4 a.m., only got a few hours of sleep, and you're like, no, but I said I was going to go to the gym, Mm -hmm. and like I'm not being good to my body if I don't go to the gym. Like sleep is for suckers, and like don't miss it. Don't miss a day. Mama didn't raise a bitch. Mama didn't raise a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Like if you say that to yourself, you're thinking like, no, the gym is better than sleep. I'm being lazy. I got to stay committed. I got to be disciplined. So you push yourself to go to the gym, having not slept or eaten well or whatever. You think that's the better way, the better thing to do because sleeping is being lazy. But honestly, in that time, in that moment, your body wants and needs sleep way more than it needs you to like go on the elliptical. You know what I mean? Totally. It's But it's hard to tell yourself that. And then again, like it's because other people are like, wow, good for you. You partied last night and you still mm-hmm. went to the gym. Like, I'm so proud of you. I admire you. I wish I could do that. And then you're like, yeah, see, I'm everyone is by telling thread. me. Yeah. And then you're just like, <laughs> like oh. dying. Don't. But then you put on a brave 
face and you post it yeah. on social media for the likes and this and that. And that is that girl that I mentioned earlier that I had also told you about when we talked about this the first time is it's this girl I follow on Instagram and she is uh, in recovery. Yeah. And that's when it happened with her is she also had anorexia and I don't remember if she went through bulimia, but um, she eventually got to a point where her eating disorder had developed to a point of just an exercise obsession. Mm-hmm. And then that one was harder for her to stop because of that same thing of everyone was like... The praise from everyone. Yeah, it was the praise where it was like good for you. Instead of like mm-hmm. shaming her or judging her, everyone was like, wow, you have so much discipline. Look at you. Look at your abs go. Look at your this. Meanwhile, she was underweight and she eventually had to go to the hospital because she was so malnourished and the doctors told her she was like near death and it took that for her to realize that that wasn't right and now she looks completely different but she loves Mm -hmm. her body way more and she's like double c sick um and uh, she still works out Mm -hmm. but she also eats and it's kind of that whole thing of like just eat what you want when you want to and exercise when you want to like it's fine you don't have to do that whole thing of like okay I'll have the cinnamon bun but that means 10 more minutes on the mm-hmm. treadmill tomorrow like mm-hmm. there's no point of life if you're doing this like weird plus and minus thing in your yeah. head of like for each cookie I eat that's mm-hmm. you know like th- that's, that's a slap on the yeah. wrist or another yeah 10 it's like that's not that's it's just not the way to do it and she looks so much happier and healthier now mm-hmm. and it's funny because every once in a while she'll do it before and after of what she was like in the middle of her eating disorder and when she was like at the height of her like exercise obsession versus mm-hmm. now. And even now she'll get most people being like, wow, so proud of you. So like good for you. You look mm-hmm. so much happier now, blah, blah, blah. Every once in a while there's someone and it's usually a guy being Ugh. like, yeah, you look good now, but it wouldn't hurt for you to like lose like 10 or 20 pounds. And, and she gets so mad because she's like, what you don't understand is when I look the way that you think in your mind is healthier, I was near death. Yeah. So she's like, block. No, and also, <laughs> even <laughs> if she, say, maybe did look normal or whatever when she was near death, mm-hmm. different bodies look so different. You know how there's some people who could just be so, like, stick thin, but they're eating mm-hmm. so much and they're actually trying to gain weight, mm-hmm. but they honestly just can't. And then there's some people who are trying to lose weight and they get down to their lowest and they're already so tired and whatever, but yeah. they at the end of the day like you you were saying this too in your first episode like you can't achieve you can't be a blonde small girl at the end of the day Mm -hmm. because you know you've got a beautiful body and you're not blonde (laughs) (laughs) I'm not blonde and I don't think I can pull it off (laughs) there you go but that's just the thing you're you know you are made to be the way that you are and Mm -hmm. honestly people are so preoccupied with how they look anyways like who cares kind of like nobody cares what you look like because everybody just cares about themselves because we're all exactly everyone's looking at themselves and again if you do have that jackass like that 12 year old in your class (laughs) or (laughs) that person who comments on your picture you just have to pay them no mind because if anyone is helping reinforce the unhealthy habit that you have instead of giving you love and helping you realize that you're worthy no matter what you look like they don't fucking matter and Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to learn that too where I'm like trying to not listen to those people and Mm -hmm. it's hard I say it every time Uh, it can be easier said than done but it's like with anything it's like you practice it and eventually you get better at it and at first you have to actively be like okay don't listen to them don't listen to them and eventually you don't you just don't listen to them like it Mm -hmm. just happens like it goes in from it goes in one ear and not the other because you're like they don't fucking know what they're talking about but I guess there's another thing too because until it kind of clicks in your head because to me it wasn't even 
I think it started, I guess, with that guy. But then what it came down to for me was it was an internal thing. So it, in a weird way, like I was saying, it helped me cope with kind of having control and Mm -hmm. whatever else. But also until something clicks in your head that, hey, like I need to help myself. Nobody else can help you. Nobody else will be able to influence you one way or the other. So in a weird way, I think I don't even know how it kind of happened for me. But I think just, well... I guess to be honest, um, we have a mutual friend and Mm -hmm. when we Mm -hmm. used to hang out, you know, him and I would just have a good time and I kind of like, I just kind of focused on enjoying myself Mm -hmm. instead of just thinking about like, oh, tomorrow I'll have to like, whatever, uh, run this off or like Mm -hmm. go on the elliptical or I'll have to go puke. Like it was just almost like I'm here, I'm now, I'm existing, I'm having a really good time. And honestly, that's at the end of the day this is this is happiness like this is what life is all about just I honestly got chills with you saying that because it's so important to have someone in your life who can be like let's do this together like let me try to introduce positive things in your life Mm -hmm. it is so important it makes me want to just go like do you want to go get ice cream together yeah (laughs) totally dinner because I also want to see you because I'm very upset that your camera isn't working yeah I know I I think it's really important to like introduce positive relationships with food whether that's Mm -hmm. positive because you're not overeating or you're not under eating it's like food is not only there for nourishment but it's also a great source of like joy and bringing people together and it's a little bit hard with covid right now but i mean some of my friends we love to do the whole thing where you go out for dinner or lunch and you get like a whole bunch of appies and you share them all you know like Mm -hmm. it's the fun of like trying different things trying foods from different cultures you know and it's like it's so sad to think that you're depriving yourself of that because Mm -hmm. you think you have to look a certain way like who even decides that. Just have a good personality and be a nice person. Like yeah, that's exactly. all it takes. It's all it takes. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy with the way you look. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. It's just making sure that that it's done in a healthy way and what you're trying to achieve is also healthy and not because of someone else's not because someone else is like, oh, I want you to look more skinny or, oh, I want you to look mm-hmm. more thick. It's like, do what makes you feel good. And, you know, and like, that's that's totally fine. But yeah, yeah. I was going to actually ask you because, and I guess you kind of already said you don't know because uh, I you kind of know more or less what triggered the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know what made you kind of realize, oh, I think I have an eating disorder? Like, do you know what it was? Uh, for the longest time, I did deny it. Um, Mm -hmm. for the first yeah probably like four or five years and then I just kind of accepted it it's like okay I am anorexic I am bulimic it's just kind of incorporating it into my life and how um how I'm gonna navigate it um did you tell anyone or did you just to yourself I was always even with my family it was always to myself it was always Mm -hmm. like I was very ashamed to talk about it Mm -hmm. because it is a shameful thing like we all have our quirks and stuff but I guess for me, that was mine. And I I hated when people noticed it. I'm sure it was a noticeable thing anyhow, but I just hated when people brought it to light. And I don't know, it was one, of, it was the biggest elephant in the room every single mm-hmm. time I would hang out with my friends, I would be with my family or I'd, you know, go on dates with my ex-boyfriends or whatever. But it was just never brought up because I think in a way maybe people understood that I hadn't got it through my head yet like I wasn't ready Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day I think there was always that there was always that feeling people kind of knew that I knew and I knew that they knew but we were just gonna have this dance the whole time I guess that's kind of how I felt with like when I said when I realized in Palm Springs that you might have something Mm -hmm. you know I didn't know what it was I didn't know to the extent because of course you didn't at that 
time, I didn't know that you had a history of bulimia or anorexia or any of that mm -hmm. stuff. It was just the exercise aspect. But in that same thing of what you just said, it was one of those like, I don't know if she knows or if she does know, I don't know if it's something she wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. So like, it was one of those like, just respecting your friend's like time and journey and mm -hmm. being like, I'm not going to bring it up unless they do or like mm -hmm. not unless I actually think it's like getting to a point of a problem because there's that to be said too right like on one mm -hmm. hand you need to respect your friend and their boundaries and not mm -hmm. like be like we're gonna talk about this yeah <laughs> but at the same time if it does get to a point where you're like okay I'm worried about them I think I need to say something yeah I think but at that point at least from what I could see you had obviously gotten to a better place where it didn't seem yeah. enough of a problem for me to feel like I needed to intervene mm -hmm. uh, which is which is good. I know you're saying that you're still dealing with it now, which is really sad, but like you're you're still you're in a better place than you were. Oh, definitely. You were in high school, right? Yeah, and that's like I said too, it kind of evolves into something different and the more you start to like this is kind of another step for me as well to talk about it mm -hmm. openly like this. So the more you start to realize it and then the more information you kind of take in about it and even just in nutrition in general, um, then you realize, you know what, like you don't need to restrict yourself from this or that. And it does get better the older that I get because I am becoming more conscious of my own body and what it absorbs or kind of like what works for it and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. I guess the only thing is it's just now about having that relationship with your mind and your body kind of thing where it's a positive one instead of um, like instead of it being punishing, like you said, yeah, exactly. it's kind of like your obsession with exercise, Priya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I, I do appreciate kind of your words in a way of like um, looking at exercise instead of dreading the gym mm -hmm. you'd rather go there and enjoy your time and actually kind of um, build up strength or whatever your goals mm -hmm. are but kind of greet them instead of almost dreading them you know so exactly embrace it think of it as a positive like for mm -hmm. me also one of the reasons I like going to the gym and that's like one of my forms of exercise that I enjoy is it is kind of like a bit of alone time for me it's mm -hmm. like me and either music that I'm listening to or podcasts that I'm listening to and I can really just like zone out the world and just like sometimes I don't even notice I'm exercising because you're just like yeah. oh it's like an hour that you spent listening to a podcast and you forgot that you were also like lifting yeah. weights and doing I forgot lunches. I'm sweaty as hell right now yeah and then by the end of it, you're like oh gross oh my um, god I but, smell like onion but, but you know what <laughs> <laughs> this podcast though <laughs> but then you come out of it feeling better and it's like I guess for me it is like a bit of like it's self-care in the very obvious like mm -hmm. physical way but it's also self-care in a mental way because it's time for me by myself which I really like and it's like I think it's good to think of it that way instead of okay for every scone I had mm -hmm. let me add 10 minutes you know yeah. or thinking of it as a punishing way or because you missed a day because like say you planned to go to the gym Saturday morning but then mm -hmm. someone was like hey do you want to go for brunch and you haven't seen that friend <laughs> in a really really long time and everything tells you that the gym is more important but then you're like but yeah. you know what would also be healthy for that my mimosa. mind <laughs> is yeah yeah that mimosa but also seeing that friend I haven't seen in a long mm -hmm. time and like that can be just as beneficial so you can be like okay let me rearrange it I'll go to the gym later or I just won't go this Saturday yeah. like it's fine you don't have to like tally the times that you missed it mm -hmm. you're still a person who's like worthy <laughs> even if you missed a day at the gym um, oh thank god yeah. <laughs> 
No, but I, it's it's interesting though because the kind of amount of friends that I have who have gone either through something to the same extent or maybe to more of an extent or to a lesser extent, mm-hmm. you know, I do find that it's a very kind of relatable issue. And to me, I think what it comes down to is just not having enough information because yeah. I feel like had I known a little bit more, I would have maybe avoided doing some of the things that I have done. But at the end of the day, it's a lesson. I mean, as long as I'm still alive and healthy and very happy that you're you're alive (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) and that's the thing like I can't stress enough how proud I am of you for noticing it yourself and talking to me about it and talking publicly about it because I'm sure there's someone out there who will listen and be able to relate even somewhat even if their story isn't exactly the same and a few years ago there was a Netflix movie that came out I think I've seen it too the one like starring Lily Collins do you know what I'm talking about it's about eating disorders I'm gonna quickly google it and like she was getting help or whatever but i don't mm-hmm. I think she... uh spoiler alert oh sorry sorry <laughs> cut that out cut that out please um anyways it, it ended up it was oh it's called to the bone yes That's what it is i just yes. googled it it came out three years ago and i remember when it came out it was kind of like trending on twitter and stuff that a bunch of people who did have eating disorders were like this is incorrect this is inaccurate this isn't how it works meanwhile the woman who either wrote it or directed it i don't remember she had based it off her own experience Mm. so she's like you actually can't tell me that that's incorrect because this is my life and I lived it and like it was like the main character was based on her and even some of the other girls that she went to was like rehab yeah and like she like met were based on people that she had met Mm -hmm. so it was interesting that people were getting like all up in arms and be like this is wrong you did it wrong and it's like okay well that's her experience you can't tell her her experience is wrong like (laughs) everyone does it differently maybe you can make your own movie yeah they're they're basically saying you're harming yourself in the wrong way this is the right way to do it And like that's what i thought of when you were like has anyone like taken it yet and i'm like even if they had you could do like Mm -hmm. 20 episodes on this because everyone definitely has it in a different way you know no one can mm-hmm. come no one can come now after listening to this episode and be like Regina I think that you actually are lying and that's not what happened yeah. to you because my version was different I'm like mm. yeah so, um. well sorry <laughs> <laughs> awkward <laughs> um, but yeah I, I guess all in all um like I said it's it's all about it's honestly a very mental thing right it's it's a mental mm-hmm. mental health kind of disease or God, cut that out. Uh, (laughs) It definitely all comes down to it being a mental kind of issue. And if you can kind of be conscious of it, then that's when you just automatically, I find, take the next step to make it better. Because the amount of times I've actually cried about it and felt like shit. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's um, what I've realized, too, like your gut is connected to your mind quite a bit as well. So it affects your kind of hormonal balance a little bit. um, And you do feel like after you purge you do feel like shit for a while like for a few hours there's a lot of health things that come I'm not gonna lie I've also at times when I've really 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 felt some of my lowest lows in terms of like body dysmorphia and body issues I've thought well what if I just eat and I just puke it up like what if I just do it for Mm -hmm. like a week or what if I just Mm -hmm. do it for a little bit I don't have to like commit to it but like even if I do it for a bit then I can kind of like catch up with where I'm supposed to be it's a slippery slope though exactly and that's why I eventually Mm -hmm. don't do it is because I'm like no I know that 
it's not that easy. If it were that easy, no one would be bulimic, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. obviously, that's not. And then, like, I've, it's, it's also because, like, I've told my boyfriend and he would look at me and he'd be like, absolutely do not. And he was like, really, really upset. And he was like, mm-hmm. promise me you won't do that. But it's also like having that person, you know? Because had I oh, not yeah. said it out loud to him, maybe I would have done it, mm-hmm. you know? Having someone who cares about you and then also just, just like, to put it in the perspective of, hey, yeah. this is actually self harm. This is, yeah, don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's really sad how common it is, but, um, I'm happy that you've overcome it and you're, I know you're still on your journey, but you're, uh, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I think that's really, I'm super proud of you, um, for yeah. getting to a place where you can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, honestly, um, thank you so much actually. Cause that was like, after I listened to your guys's episode, um, the first one, I, I just kind of thought about it and I thought, well, why don't I, why don't I just talk about something I may, I may as well I mean mm-hmm. people like I said so many people could relate to all the different issues and all the different topics that people have on this podcast that I think it's it's very therapeutic and it's very important to bring it up to light because if you are not like if you're not admitting it then you're you're never going to come to terms with it and mm-hmm. you know meanwhile it's still burning up this crazy hole in your life yeah. you know there's other issues that kind of come from that too is you know depression and people some people don't even realize they're depressed until they kind of take a look at themselves and think holy shit like for me what happened was like I said looking back at all the time I've spent on just trying to look as skinny as I can and whatever that just feels to me like I've wasted so much time and yeah instead of like focusing on like I don't know not just like your studies but just like anything about like the rest of you and what else you had to offer right yeah I think it definitely it helps a lot to bring it to light because then your next step you kind of automatically go to trying figuring out like what can I do to better myself Mm -hmm. at least based on kind of the things that I'm experiencing you know it's still you know still a journey it's still going to take some time and it'll probably be kind of forever in the back of my head but if anything I could kind of already recognize the fact that it's definitely become less of a priority in my life, which, yeah, which makes me, I thought I wasn't ever going to get out of it, to be honest, because I, Mm. you know, like I said, I would be genuinely very upset about being the way that I am and missing out on some of the experiences. But at the end of the day, once it clicks in your head, and it will, Mm -hmm. because it's not a sustainable way to live, to be absolutely honest, then that's where you're kind of like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is kind of like, welcome that wellness and like, welcome that journey and like, be open to a different mindset. It's not always about being in the prison and it's not always about being on this endless wheel where you just kind of keep the cycle going it's honestly just welcome new thoughts welcome that kind of different positivity I suppose Uh, because it is a very to me it was astonishing to see myself look at it in a different way because for such a long time I was just like stuck in the same way of thinking of you know I have to punish myself I have to make sure that there is some control in my life you know I've done this and now I need to make sure that I can instead like to not skew my numbers or whatever I need to make sure that this whatever I need to puke this up I need to do this I need to do that but sometimes you just need to honestly slow down chill out and kind of accept life as it goes instead of trying to change it up like you said with that whole like welcoming that journey and welcoming like something like a change like a positive Mm -hmm. change but also maybe welcoming uh, in that same way that we said to not focus on what people say who don't matter when we mentioned that fucking idiot 12 year old or the person (laughs) who might be commenting hate on your posts or whatever in that same way 
listening to people who you do care about and who you know genuinely care about you, right? Not mm-hmm. aren't, aren't faking caring about you, aren't pretending, but genuinely do like your sister and your parents and your friends. Like I, I know it's easier said than done because when you're deep in it, it's hard to hear that, mm-hmm. but it is good to like, yeah, and like you said, that person who we both know who uh, <laughs> kind of helped change your perspective perspective when it came to food right like it's like because you realize oh this person cares about me so they're not doing this to Mm -hmm. like trick me like they're doing it because they care about me so like let me give it a shot let me just try their version Mm -hmm. and see what happens and then you're like oh this is kind of great like food's kind of awesome yeah (laughs) keeping it in afterwards is also pretty awesome yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i just one other thing that i do want to point out when you said like i feel like i wasted 10 years of my life or people are getting their bachelor's degrees and stuff and I know that in specifically in your case it's because you regret the fact that you quote wasted time Mm -hmm. obsessing over the eating disorder and like worrying too much about how you looked or this or that and like though obviously that is sad and like I'm sure if you could go back in time you wouldn't have done that but that being said I still know people who even ones who didn't have eating disorders are completely changing their career path now in their like late 20s or their 30s or maybe even older who are realizing I thought I wanted to do this but I'm not happy I actually want to do this and they're also having to combat that whole like I wasted Mm -hmm. x amount of years now it's too late but it's never too late and I don't want you to think that because you were thinking about other stuff and not focusing on bettering yourself that it's too late now you know everyone has their separate journeys and they get there in a different way and I'm also having my own thing of like I thought I wanted to do one thing and now I'm kind of just doing it differently than I ever imagined so it just goes back to changing your mindset isn't it yeah exactly like it's like it's it's never too late and like I also just want to kind of normalize non-traditional um paths for people like it's like you're always told like okay elementary school high school college and then like you usually have to pick one of like three jobs that are the normal like doctor lawyer you know what I, mean? I was it's just like, gonna say yeah it's like if you're not one of those you're not worthy and then like if you are gonna do that which is great obviously we need doctors and lawyers and all that it's like okay go to like this and then go to like grad school and like get your bachelor it's like this whole like and then get married and then have kids and it's like yeah. written for you and you're not any less worthy if that's not the way your life was like if you didn't pick one of those jobs or you did go to school and then I went to animation school with someone who literally was a lawyer she went to law school like got it like was a lawyer and was like but I want to animate and she ended up going to animation school in her like. But I don't want to animate, mom. Like, but I want to animate. And then like, she got, and she was like in her late twenties. There was another girl, and she was originally from India, and she was fully an engineer. Oh and wow! And she still went and then started going to animation school because she knew that's what she wanted to do. And her parents were like, "No, no, no, you're not allowed." Which is crazy to even think you can tell an adult yeah. they're not allowed to do something. <laughs> and she basically got like had like this deal with them, like, "Okay, I'll do the whole engineering thing, and if I'm still not happy, then I'm doing this, and you can't stop me." And she spent all this time and money doing that realized that she still wanted to animate and then went and started that like later in life and it was one of those things where the parents were like well at least have your plan b you know so yeah not everyone does it the way that you see like you know like mm-hmm. it's not like a storybook where you have like totally. you have it's not always done the right way the first time you're not always happy with that first thing mm-hmm. i think it's worse to stick to something because you feel like you have to mm-hmm. than to just maybe try like you said welcoming new possibilities that could make mm-hmm. you happy happier um you didn't waste time of course you learned that it's better to not focus on that but it's it's not too late you're only 25 that's nothing yeah. <laughs> have some um, baby 
you still are yeah. a baby. And, and mama I, didn't raise just, no bitch. So yeah, no, she didn't know. <laughs> no, and I, I hope, um, if anything, I just hope to kind of apply that to something that would actually better me instead of uh, yeah. harm me. So totally, yeah, because like you've yeah. proved that you're a competitive person and you can take yeah. on a challenge. <laughs> so you've obviously proved that you are capable of that. Just like yeah, apply it to something positive instead. Yeah. Thank you so so much for talking to me about this um, and opening up to me. Uh, it really meant a lot to me, and I'm hoping to at least one other person out there who's listening. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm very happy there is such a kind of medium where you can – you're basically a therapist, you know? You're doing, <laughs> you're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> so if anything, um, absolutely thank you for kind of opening my thoughts up a little bit more um, because, like I said, ever since I heard you doing a podcast, mm-hmm. I just thought, God damn, I got to – I got to get on it. <laughs> oh, that means so much to me. Thank you so much. Totally. And I'm sure a lot of people are, um, there's probably going to be a lot more. You're going to get to know your friends a lot more, I would think, because. Yeah. I've been so, so pleasantly surprised with the amount of people who've messaged me wanting to share their own stories or who've told me that they've related to other stuff that I've been posting or or whatever. Like it's it's huge and it's so nice. It's just, it's nice to have like this. Uh, like a reason to talk to mm-hmm. my friends about things that maybe would have never come up otherwise. Like I really, yeah, I just, the power of talking about it, you know? <laughs> Are you sure you uh not planning a career change to maybe become a therapist? <laughs> <you know? laughs> Speaking Sorry. of career changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just welcome that idea. Welcome any thought. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> But um, yeah, on that note, I do end every episode with uh, asking my guests to just say, don't be afraid to talk about it. Okay, well, don't be afraid to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) If you've got a weird disorder or, I don't know, some weird toe that you don't want to talk about, um, honestly, somebody else probably has it too. So (laughs) don't be afraid to talk about it. The next episode will be about weird toes. Perfect. Yeah. Looking forward (laughs) to it. By popular demand. (laughs) Actually, I got a lot of those to be fair from like running and doing my weird fucking elliptical obsession. So... Maybe I'll be back. Oh my gosh, we're literally, I'm literally opening up so much about myself right now. Wow. 